Good evening, Mets fans, and on this week's episode of the Amazing Mets, we will be talking about our bullpen struggles and our pitchers' last performances and how we can improve on them. So, Sal, are you there? Um, We are going to jump into our weekly awards, if Sal can hear me. You there, Sal? Hello? Hello, Sal. Okay, so I'm going to be giving my weekly awards as I cannot hear Sal at the moment. Um, My... um, my Cy Young of the week would definitely have to go to today's pitcher, Noah Syndergaard, nine innings strong, four hits, zero earned runs, one walk, ten strikeouts, and only 104 pitches, bringing down his ERA to 5.02, which is pretty good in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, the, that was definitely a good comeback start as he had a few rough ones in a row, including last Saturday as he did not impress many Mets fans. So, um, as Sal is – you there, Sal? Hello. 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 So, um, do you, were you, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were, I was We had so I gave my Cy Young, Noah Syndergaard, nine innings strong, zero and runs, four hits on only one ball, bases on balls, and one and ten strikeouts, excuse me, and 104 pitches, bringing down his ERA to 5.02. Um, so that was pretty good by him. He also had that home run today, not to mention, but uh, he had a great outing yeah. today. He, he had a little bit of a error in the first inning, but that does not affect his pitching. He got the win, his I believe his third. Um, his third um, complete game shutout of his career. He has the last one, his last game of the season. Um, so, yeah, so who would your um, Cy Young of the week be? Mine would be, um, uh, yeah. he's consistently been pitching well out of all the guys like Wheeler and Vargas and the Garland. And the Garland matches every game going out there and pitched, giving you at least six solid innings. And, you know, that's really what you look for in pitchers. Consistency is the number one thing. So, you know, before, you know, the ground was in the guard, he had a good outing. Like, he hasn't had a four-plus run outing yet. So, it's really you can ask for yet. But Max has been good. That's only good this whole year. So, I... Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. Um, consistency is absolutely key there. Um... It's always great to have a consistent pitcher. As we weren't expecting Matt to take off the season, we are expecting him to maybe be on the verge of not making the team or being benched. So I think it's great that we're getting um, him in the rotation and that he's doing great. Um, We are waiting for a breakout season from this lefty from a New York native. So, yeah, he's been doing pretty well. So it's great to have a consistent pitcher and all that. But, yeah, I think that will definitely help us in the chances of winning this division that's very competitive this year. Yeah. um, So we're going to jump Hitting uh, MVP, my MVP pro- is going to go to uh, Jeff, the real deal, McNeil. Um, Absolutely. You know, you know the guy. You know, bats were high average, and there's a lot of power, which you, you know, which is definitely something you don't really see on the Mets because you know, these past couple of years, you know, we've had a lot of you know guys like um, you know Scott Frazier is a Scott Frazier is a good example, you know, but you know. 2230 and uh, I'll give you, you know, 20 at once, but not not a lot of uh, not a lot of average, you know. Uh, but you know, Jeff McNeil on the other hand is uh, you know, bats for high average. 
he hustles. You know, that's the thing too. He hustles. He, you can really, you can really tell in the way he plays. He's not feeling 100. percent He's feeling 150. Um, percent You know, and that's what you look for as well. So, well, who do you give your MVP to? I'll definitely absolutely have to give it to Jeff McNeil. He's been great this season. He's bad. He's batting um 365 on the year with a 450 on base percentage, 500 slugging, 950 OPS, and has just been he's put up one home run. And this man doesn't strike out. In over 120 plate appearances, he's only struck out 10 times, which isn't even 10% of the time he's striking out, which I find amazing. So he's only struck out to um, Josh Hader, which is definitely a good player, one of the best, I would say the the most dominant pitcher in my opinion, excuse me. So that is definitely nothing to be ashamed of. But he's been definitely hitting the ball very well lately. he He had four hits the other night against the Reds. He's just been doing great, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, so he's just been doing good. He has 12 RBIs on the season, 20.9 on line drive percentage, and yeah, so he's he's been pretty well in the season with um kind of extra base hits. Yeah, the Mets, um, you know, the Mets, not even just Jeff McNeil, but you know, guys like Pete Alonso, especially someone like Armand Rosario, Wilson Ramos, Conforto too. The Mets have been a little more patient at the plate. Nathaniel Nimmo is a less patient at the plate. That's why even though McNeil bats for high average, I think Nimmo really is a true leadoff guy. Because he, you know, he gets, you know, he gets, you know, he gets a hit, he gets hit and walk a lot more than McNeil does. So they really do end up having the best on, the best on the, the best, not the best, he's the same on base percentage. And McNeil is a guy who's going to score in more runs than Nimmo. So you know, I think Nimmo really is a true, uh, a true veto guy on McNeil. You know, he is, um, you know, the guy about 350, 360, but also um, is very patient to play. Gets, you know, whenever there's a chance, he doesn't swing a lot of balls. You know, one walks a lot. So, uh, yeah, Jeff McNeil. And who would be your uh, re- reliever um, MVP for this uh, week? Um, Although he's had a few, a couple of tough games against the Reds in the late innings, I still have to give it to um, what's called Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz has had a phenomenal year, putting up, posting a 2.13 ERA, uh, regardless of his um, little incident he had against the Reds the other night, which, I, in my opinion, he's, he's been overused a lot, which is definitely not his fault. Yeah, that's Yeah, so we'll get into that a little later in the episode. But I say he's definitely been a still reliable pitcher, posting a 2.13 ERA and 12.2 innings pitched. He's pitched, he has a K9 of 14.92, and he doesn't walk by batters, posting a 1.42 walks per nine. And yeah, he's left three home runs in the season, which is definitely surprising as he only left five on the season with the Mariners last season, so hopefully he gets his stuff together. Um, he's been doing pretty well regardless of these last two uh, uh, outings. Hopefully Syndergaard's nine-ending performance gives him a little bit of a break. But, um, yeah, he's, overall he's, he's, he's been having a great year posting under uh, 200 uh, average against the opponents. Yeah, um, you know, I would also go with Diaz, but I'm not going to, you know, say. But one thing, there's two things I'm going to say. First thing is, um, you know, Diaz is – um, you know, like you said, he's, he, I feel like he's given up a lot of home runs. He's getting used to the new catchers of, you know, well, not Darno, which we're going to talk about later. Um, but, you know, Ramos, you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's good with the pitchers. You know, the Ramos said he's really liked him so far. You know, when the, when the Mets signed him during between training, he had a, only good thing to say about him. But also, um, you know, with the injuries of Justin Wilson and Familia, I really want to see um, Drew Gagnon pitch some more. Um, you know, I I watched, I remember the, the game against Therese, you know, the guy has some filthy stuff, and I feel like, you know, he's a young guy in the back of our bullpen, I feel like, you know, if you really do, um, if you know, I feel like this opportunity of them to get into it, and especially him, with that back end of the bullpen getting some more playing time, and hopefully, you know, proving themselves, because that's the one thing we've had, you know, we've had um, some ball, you know, back end ball players just come in, and, you know, someone like Luis Avilon, you know, gave us a lot of runs, and, uh, and, and some crunch spots, so. You know, I feel like these two injuries might, you know, especially it's not a big injury, but, you know, we're only Wilson, Wilson, and Wilson will be back soon and familiar on the 10-day DL. But, you know, again, we'll be talking about that later. Um, you know, I feel like these, um, this could be a, a big um, a big opportunity for, um, you know, the, the young guys in the back of our bullpen uh, to prove their worth. Yep. So, yeah, um, we're going to go into our next thing, I believe, is the Pete Alonso thing. We, um, all the questions we got were related to later in the episode, so 
we will answer all those questions when we get into that topic. So um, we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about our man Pete Alonso. So what what are your thoughts on Pete Alonso lately? He's been crushing the ball lately. Um, it's been a little bit of a slump actually, but um, he's still he's still batting um he's still bat- batting pretty well lately in my opinion. He has a he's pretty he's been pretty good. So what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, um, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say that the guy's crushing the ball. I was thinking about that. If you want, you could talk about that. But um, two things I want to talk about is, um, you know, one thing is that he's very patient at the plate, especially for a young guy. Like I said before, him or there, you know, all very patient at the plate, only swinging at really good pitches. Also, we learned that Alonzo has that Alonzo has that clutch gene. I went to the uh, game against Milwaukee. Um, when uh, Alonzo with that three-run home run, you know, he's clutch. That's what you really look for. You know, someone like Wilma Flores, he was on the Messi main event. I'm not comparing them already. They're probably Alonzo's better. But, uh, you know, Wilmer, you know, he came up big. You know, we, even if it wasn't a home run every time, it was just sacrifice fly or a bunt or, you know, just he, you know, like, you know, that kind of, you know, he just, he'd come in clutch. And that's what Alonzo's done. He had that big home run against Milwaukee that bring us back in only for something only to blow it, which, again, you know, we'll be talking about soon. Um you know, and also, like, and, you know, he's very patient with the plate. So those are the two things. Oh, wait. And also, and also, you know, you, we had some question marks this year, um, you know, with Dominic Smith, you know, when he was placed on the team. You know, he's, he's proven a, um, a vital piece off our bench. And a lot of that, he started to grow my dots. I really didn't like him. Maybe we called him up. And I was more focused on Rosario. But he's starting to grow He's become a lot more consistent, more patient with the plate, which is you know, more of the team this year for the Mets. Uh, you know, they really, they, they bounced off of each other, Alonzo and Dominic Smith. They almost tried, they, they, they always try to play better than the other, and that, they build off of each other. And they've had some really good chemistry, you know, when Alonzo come up, you know, pitcher, I love to see these young guys play with each other. So, you know, that's, that's what I'd say about it. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a little bit of a slump lately. It's something I'd like to see him, uh, Improvement on is his strikeout ratio, as it's almost at thirty percent already. But it's it's a rookie. He's a he's a rookie. He's only going to get better at this. He he's only twenty four years old, and he's got a lot of potential. Leading the Mets in home runs currently at nine home runs, twenty six RBIs. Um, yeah. So he struck out thirty six times, which I like to see him get down in the future. But um, yeah, he's been doing well, posting almost a four hundred on base percentage lately. And yeah, so once when he makes contact, as you said. Wilmer Flores kind of reminds me of him when he's in the late innings clutch. Um, yeah, so um, not 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 that we're trying to um, what's called compare him to Wilmer Flores, but yeah, this is definitely a guy who we want to be clutch as he's a power bat and can dead base hit every now and then, you know. Yeah, you know, you said this right here thing, but I'm not too worried because we had that problem with, with you know, you know he really he get on he really um get a hit or he'd strike out. It, it'd really be one of the two. Um, but you know that's the thing with young guys. Yeah. You know, even some, even if people start doing, you see Guerrero Jr. You know, um, you know the guy has gotten base hits, or he's five almost. Yeah, you know, even just the guy who wants to prove. Talk about that later, but. You know, the guys in, with the dismal offense, uh, you know, one run in 18 innings lately, Alonzo has been a bright spot. So, yeah. And uh, yeah. also, um, so basically, I was, I was about to say, Alonzo's defense has been pretty well lately. He, um, I can't remember any drastic errors he's made as he has a two DRS, which means he saved two defensive runs which is always good for the Mets saving runs. But, yeah, so he's definitely been a solid first baseman, which is something he struggled in the minor leagues, which he had quite a few errors, which is what held us back from um, calling him up last season other than service time. But, yeah, so he's definitely been good all around. Just has to break out of his little slump and get his uh, strikeout ratio down. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, we're, that'll be all the time we have for this topic. So we're going to jump into an ad quickly, and uh, Tim will bring us back again. Yep, see ya. Hello, baseball fans. This is Blake here from the Rattle Up Podcast, your go-to show for weekly news on the Arizona Diamondbacks. After going 11-4 in the last 15 games, it's hitting just two games back of the National League best Los Angeles Dodgers. People are starting to question, is this team for real? 
a team that was once widely predicted to be a bottom feeder of the, of the MLB now sports one of the best records in the National League. Some say it's too early to tell, but we will analyze Arizona's performance this so far this year and the chances of long-term success in a crowded National League in 2019. Tune in this Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, as Chris and Blake break it all down on Rattle Up. That's this Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. See you there. And hello, everybody. We're back from break, and we are jumping straight into our bullpen struggles, specifically Edwin Diaz in the last few days in the series against the Cincinnati Reds, and Jared Familia's struggles overall this whole season as he has posted quite a high ERA, posting a 6.28 ERA, his highest as of recording this. So, yeah, he's definitely been um, a little wild lately as his walk ratio, 8.16, is definitely high. So, yeah, it's something to be concerned about. So, what are your thoughts on this um, uh, concerning um, problem we have here? Um, You know, watching him, you know, as much as I can, you know, when he passes, I've narrowed it down to two things, which is, you know, like you said, the control. Um, I'll go to that later. But also, you know, again, you got to remember, this guy was a, you know, this guy was, um, you know, he'd go in and save opportunities for since, what did you say, two, when did he start pitching for the Mets? Uh, 2000, at least 13 at least. Um, yeah, you know, so it's been, did you know that he's been for the Mets, Tim? But it's been, um, you know, my point has been a long time, you know. Yeah, um, and, and all right. yeah, he he fact me, but um, you know the point is that he's been uh, you know our our go-to guy in the ninth inning for a long time, and it takes um takes a while to get used to coming in the eighth inning, possibly going with a six-out save. You know he's he's had to you know pitch you know pitch a lot more also, and you know his pitch count has gone up, and like you said, um, his control has. You know, been you know something to uh, you know really something that's watched, and that with the combination of Darno behind the plate really was you know like, like I said that that Milwaukee game, you know Darno had so many pass balls plus familiar with control problems. It was it really was like a perfect storm for uh, familiar to uh, do bad, and it's also his decision making hasn't been um, you know very good. I keep on talking about this Milwaukee game, but it really was just it really highlighted all of the struggles that I have had. You know, starting pitching do you know bad. The offense, you know, having having a good night, but you know the the pitching not being able to keep us in the game, which really was wasn't the problem the Mets were expected to have this year. Almost the opposite. You know, the pitching would be mm-hmm. good and the offense would be lackluster like it was last year. Um, you know, his decision making hasn't been good. My, you know, there was a play where it was you know dribble up the first base line, man at third. He's coming home oh, obviously yeah. on that play. Uh, Tim, did you did you uh, get the year? I, I hear you back there. Um, yeah, I uh, I unfortunately watched that game, and yeah, it was definitely I was definitely furious when he decided to pick that ball up in fair territory, trying to get the out. Yeah, you know, he he pretty much he like looked at home plate, then looked at first, home, then threw it. Like he really does this. He really does look just almost lost out there like because you know i feel you know it's he he doesn't do this you know he's he you know he's been in a situation where you know obviously he's kind of you know four out saves you know these last years but you know there's been situations where you know he's had to pitch you know two innings maybe even more most likely not but you know he's had to pitch more pitch he has had to pitch more innings he's had to pitch more often not in the situations he's expected to he's putting in you know right in the middle of the lineup where you know it's save opportunity he's putting it on the lineup but with only three outs to go you know, in that situation, you're almost, you know, you have a little, you have room to work with where, you know, you can almost, you know, let guys get on base. But in game, you know, when you're a relief pitcher, right in the middle of the game, you really, you really can't do that. Um, he's also not, in my, at least in my eyes, he's not a strikeout pitcher. So you see him, he's a he's, he's a pop fly pitcher. I mean, that's my opinion. So, you know, I, I feel like with the current situation of the match, it really is a perfect storm, you know, with Darno and Ramos. It really is a perfect storm for our pitchers to do bad. So, you know, with Diaz, I do not blame, which, you know, um, that's what I have to say about Familia. I've been talking for a while. So this is the thing, He's now. really a whole different yeah. story. Yeah, so this is the thing, Sal. Well, he's he's doing a fine job getting the first two outs in the inning. He's doing his job, gets his first two outs, goes in and gets six, six out saves. That, that's, not, that's not too much to ask for. Like, obviously, he's used to pitching one inning. He, but th- this time it's just six outs. He gets five outs. Th- this is the thing. He just needs to get one more out. 
but he he just as you said before, he needs to get his control down all the way. He like he he cannot get through innings. Like we can we cannot be a playoff winning team. We cannot win the division if we have this many struggles out of the bullpen. He's blown so many games. Put us in positions that we don't need to be in. He put Edwin Diaz to be in one of a, a stressful situation, which he ended up blowing, which was not Edwin Diaz Diaz's fault. We were up three to one. He left two earned runs with one out. He just needs to get one out. But he, he his his control has just been horrendous this season. He's been absolutely doing horrible this season. He just needs to get his control down. Make sure just let the, let them put the ball in play. He 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 actually has been doing bad. He's been like just like when they put the ball in play, he has been doing bad. It's just him hitting players consistently, walking players consistently. He has he already has. 13 walks this season and 14 innings pitch. That's almost a walk per game. And a hit by pitch, you know, the, too. Put that on top. So, yeah. The thing, just, of, the thing about Familia yeah. is that, um, you know, it, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not saying it's going to, you know, it's complete, you know, final swallow, but it really is, especially pitchers, it really is you know, a perfect song for them, too. They're dealing with so unathletic behind the plate. Darno just can't even catch or hit. You know, and you know, Ramos is also new, and Darno has been gone for over a year. Um, you know, we've had a very hard schedule playing playing contending teams. You know, at the beginning of the year, you know, the Reds are. You know, we we had the uh, the uh, you know the Reds are at least a good offensive team. Um, you play Milwaukee, you play you know and the Braves and the Nationals, all contending teams. Their record. You know, two total teams are in the Nationals, but you know, at the beginning of the year, it's a close NL East. The difference is only about like four and a half games between Philadelphia and Washington. Yeah. So, you know, it's it really is almost the perfect situation. But the Mets, you know, now after this Red Series, their um, schedule is going to ease up on them. You know, it's a shame that Fiona got injured when he did. I feel like Familia really did. In my, I feel like he's had this injury for a while. He didn't want to tell the Mets, but I, 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 at least that's what I think. Because you know you see this with pitchers, they'll you know pitch good, then they'll struggle for about two weeks, three weeks, and then it'll be real. They have an injury. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like they they they're you know these are grown men. They're not that dumb where they don't realize they have a bone spur for almost a month. You know these people mm-hmm. these people are playing with injuries, and it's not smart. Yeah. So you know, with Edwin Diaz on the other hand, you know obviously there's no well there was that health problem where you know Mickey Callaway said you know what's special. Same opportunities. You know, we can talk about this in another episode and he's going on and on about Mickey and his uh, managing skills. You know, yet last year I gave him a pass. Last year, the first year, but this same mistakes over and over again. You know, he said, I'm only pitching him in same opportunities and I'm only pitching him for three out for for three outs. And then what did he do? I know it came in front of Demon Wall. He you know, I was there, so I just haven't seen him in there. What did he do? He puts him in in non save opportunities. And then, you know, he didn't give up a run, he actually pitched Three strikeouts, he struck out the side, which was, you know, good, good to see. But, you know, again, he pitched against Cincinnati, the blowout. It wasn't a save opportunity. Unless, well, no, it wouldn't even be a save because even if the Mets score in the bottom right, it wouldn't be a save. And he puts him in a non-save opportunity, and then he gives up a home run. So I, I get it, he's your best, he's coming out of your bullpen, he's the best. But if you're willing to say that statement and say you're only going to use him no matter what, but then break the rule consistently over and over and over again, that's unacceptable for an MLB manager. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and like, he, he's been really put in these terrible situations facing the heart of the order. And, and like, what, why are you putting him in in a non-save opportunity when we're losing by three runs? Mm-hmm. Not even, like, I, I get it. You want to, like, I get it. He's a good pitcher. I get it. Someone like Justin Wilson, who'd, you know, down three runs, you know, the Mets have, you know, the hard lineup coming up. You know, you, you put someone like Justin Wilson in, but he's out and familiar with struggling, so you put it in and Diaz. Oh, you just used Amelia, you know, like really, you could have used like I said, you could use one of the best guys, Drew Drew Gagnon. I really like this guy. You know, I I just watching him pitch. He had very good control. His stuff was his I believe he has a slider. His slider has a lot of movement on it, but it's still in the low nineties, high eighties, and I don't know if I see from so you know, you could have you know, in a three run game it's almost in that, you know, one more run you could have put one of those guys in. But like he's 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 really been hypocrite and is contradicting what he says about Diaz every game, and you know that's that's only hurting him. And I don't know what what do you 
I'm not going to talk about Mickey, but um, do you think with Diaz and Familia and all these guys, do you think it's almost just a phase, you know, with these guys, or do you think about, or do you think this is something to be very nervous nervous about? Um, I say this is definitely something we should be concerned about because we definitely don't want this division to get away from us. This as you said, this this division is like very close. The Nationals, they're they're a few games back, but it's it's a three way race right now. It's between the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies right now. And then the Nationals will have an easy schedule soon, and they'll bounce back too. So we need to win these games right now. We can't have our bullpen blowing these games. We should be winning. The Reds are a beatable team. We there was a definite there was a definitely chance we could we could have swept the series. If 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 our bullpen didn't blow any of these games, we could have swept the series. And going into my point with Diaz. He has pitched his tail off every single night. He goes in there and pitches everything he's got in his body. So pitching him at eleven thirty at night and then having a game at one ten, that's not that's definitely not enough time for his body to rest. He pitches everything yeah, he has. And and he just has like a twelve hour break. Definitely not. That's definitely not good for him and that's we don't want him getting hurt now. We have everyone getting hurt. We're over pitching all these pitches in uneven situations and we don't as you said, this was a not same, not it wasn't a safe opportunity. We didn't need Diaz, and we just put him in. Why would yeah. we do that? We're, we're not trying to get our whole bullpen injured right now. Just like take the loss. Yeah. Who cares? I'd rather take the loss and have no one get injured. But now we got Familia on the di- injured list. My bad. Now no disabled. I forgot. But we have him on the injured list now. So now we're down one. Now we're down one reliever. So what do we do now? Now we have. Yeah, yeah. Now we just have a week broken, yeah. This section is called Ups and Downs. So, uh, you know, the Mets have had very good fine pitchers with Wheeler had a back-to-back game. Max, like I said, I I need to my MVP for this week pitching because he's been just so consistent. And the ground is in regard to pitching a combined total of 16 shutout innings. Oh, no, excuse me. The ground had, the ground, no, no, the ground did not give up the run. That was the, uh, Talked about that. Um, you know, they. Um, I'm I'm gonna be quick here because we only got a couple minutes left. You know, I'll let you see as well. You know, they. You know, these are the pitchers that. Um, you know, these are the best pitchers we know. But the Mets reverted to their 2018 selves and only scored one run in 18 innings with our two best, arguably two top ten pitchers in the league. You know, he had those very couple starts, but he's come back. He's going he's, he's to be a good assistant. You know, Wheeler proved himself last year. So now it's time. And if you don't Vargas, he'll be gone in two months or injured. We trade an injury in two months, one of the two. If not, then the next organization is a joke. But, um, you know, we need big, we did, we need big, um, we need more consistency for guys like Matt and, uh, I don't want to talk too much here. Um, you know, you got a couple minutes left, so you know you. Uh... uh yeah, I would definitely say it's it's great to get some uh, consistency from our pitches, especially from the bottom end, and definitely from our top end too. Like it's great to see a top, a team that we that was supposed to be a top three pitching rotation going into the year. We had a, a bottom four ERA going into like going into May. That that's absurd. We have a Cy Young on our team. We have we have a great freaking pitching staff, and we just it, it just pained me to see how we it didn't yeah. pay off. So it was it's it's good to see how everyone's coming back. I was waiting for that Cindy guard start. He's absolutely so mad right now. He was so mad when he when he's been getting lit up. Um, and Cindy guard and Degrom are competitors. I think Matt and Matt and yeah. Willard start. Growing into, I would say Wheeler after last season is a competitor. Matt is still growing into a competitor, but once our whole rotation's competitive, will definitely be great. And as you said, Drew Gag on Ganyon, whatever his name, last name is, I think it's Ganyon. Um, but yeah, he's definitely been showing a lot of talent. He has a sub one ERA in AAA, so yeah, I think it's great, um, great potential. And yeah, I think that's all the time we have for this subject. So take us out, and I'll take us back in. Yep, all right, and that's all the time we've had. We're going to jump into a commercial break, and we'll bring us back in. 
Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We have a lot to get into, starting with Brian Reynolds and his historic start to his big league career. He is catching up to Gregory Polanco's 11-game hitting streak to start a career and could be there very soon. We discuss how he's making history and what happens when Corey Dickinson returns. We gave our three takeaways from the Pirates' sweep of the Texas Rangers this week and what it means for the team going forward as they finally got off their eight-game losing streak. And a minor league report, Pirates uh, minor league pitcher Cody Bolton continues to dominate in the minors. When could we see him in Pittsburgh? All this and much more on this week's episode of Bucko Booth. 2 p.m. Eastern, this Saturday, Bucko Booth. I'll let you get back to this show, but hope to see you there Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. And we're back, and we are going to jump into our offensive struggles right away. So these last few games, it's definitely been a little bit of a struggle for our offense. We have not been putting up the runs as we two straight nights. We've let, We've only scored one run in two straight nights. That's just absurd. We just blew another DeGrom fair like it's 2018 all over again. With an offense, we upgrade this offseason. This is just uh, this is just pains me to see. We spent all this money this offseason spending on all, all of our offense. Wilson Ramos, Robinson Cano, Pete Alonso. All, all this money we threw, and now it's, it's just hopefully this is just a little bit of a slump. But Wilson Ramos has definitely been in a huge slump lately. He, he, he was pinch hit last night, and he had the face. I think it was Iglesias or one of their closers, he, he struck out. He He's just been a strikeout machine all, already. He had 16 strikeouts in the season, and he just been, he's just been in a big slump lately. And, yeah, he's not he's not a great catcher, in my opinion. That's why he doesn't start getting start pitching again when DeGrom's pitching. DeGrom's had all of his terrible starts when Travis Darnell and Wilson Ramos have been catching. So I think it's a, um, um, a, a communication problem they have because I went to the game, and they did not talk when they were warming up. They only talked when they were in the bullpen catching, but when they were stretching, they weren't together. So I think it's just a communication problem, and I think Tomas Nino works a lot better with the ground. Tomas, Tomas Nino is like Devin Mezzarocco. Devin Mezzarocco worked insanely well with the ground last season. So I think the ground and Syndergaard just need a good good catching player or good defensive catcher to lead them to their success. So that's that's my opinion. I think we just have to play the better catcher, and hopefully Nino breaks out his little foot. Slump develops into a major league hitter, and then we're all good. We have a great catcher and a great defensive catcher, El Tomas Nito. What are your thoughts on this catching situation? So, uh, before I, you know, I forgot to say this in the last section. Um, it's going to be like 30 seconds for this week, but um, you know, I said this before, you know, we talk about Vargas, but, you know, Drew Gagnon was a starter in the league, posting about a one ERA. So, you know, if that ever happens, he could be the solution. But I love that section back to this one. Um, you know, Nito, um, he showed an improvement at the plate. Like, you know, like this has really been something all the with all the, the batters on the Mets. Increased, um, um, excuse me, it, um, increased patience at the plate. Um, and, you know, again, like he had that clutch hit and that two-run double. But, you know, that was his first of the year. And I feel like, you know, I, you know, it's the beginning of the year still. So, yeah, you know, first the high winning problems in July, August, and we're you know, we're still on the race for contending, which we will be. That's a different story, but I feel like you gotta stay for long. You know, when players in a slump, really the best thing to do is just play them. Not to bench them. If you bench them you, you if you bench them and you get in their head, you make them think, Wow, I'm doing I'm doing really bad. You know, if you just play them, they'll eventually you know, they'll eventually get out. You can all have that slump in the next Played him over and over again, and you know, hit him. And guess what? He broke out. He's been batting about 300 these last these last two weeks. So you just have to play him. Players getting slumps. Alonzo's in a slump. You have to play them. You can't bench them if they go if they go over four after one game. Um, so I feel like Tomas Nito, very good defensively. You know, we also have Rene Rivera in the, in the minor leagues, and he works very well with the ground. So you could also potentially bring him up and just have the three passers. Um, but you know, then you have to someone someone have to send most likely to Mosnino back to the minors. So if you know if the Mets, you know, Rene Rivera to Mosnino, Mosnino is just a younger version of him, honestly. So if you want to keep him in the minors, 
I feel like we still don't answer for this exact reason. You were almost going to have problems beyond the plate. And, you know, we expected, um, you know, we expected them and Ms. Rocco to, to be here, but sadly the Mets chose out of Kevin Kalecki, Travis Darno, and Devin Mizorocco, which was Travis Darno. He traded Kevin Pilecki for nearly nothing, and mm. we just let Mizorocco walk. So, you know, mm. I really, I really think, um, I really think we should stick with Ramos. And what about other, you know, well, Alonso has been in the slump, but what about other positions like Rosario? Uh, well, not Rosario, excuse me, that, that's defensively. But what about Nimmo? You know, Nimmo really hasn't had the best start. So what what, what do you think the, the solution to his struggles are going to be? Um, I'd say, I think, I obviously had a little bit of a oopsie yesterday, causing, um, since, or, yeah, yesterday night when the ground was pitching. Um, yeah, so he, it was, if you guys weren't watching, this is a summary of what happened. It was a, Long fly ball deep center field. Um, back went Nimmo to the wall. He saw he didn't have as much room as he had. He went up for the ball, jumped a little bit, and then just dropped it. So, um, that's 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 what we've been seeing lately. He has a little bit of a noodle arm, a little bit, but I'd say for the most part, he's, he hasn't been too bad defensively in the field. Um, he he's been he's been getting a lot better offensive wise. He started off in a huge slump to start the year, and I agree with what you said earlier. You see, I keep playing the players. If if Nemo didn't play, he would just get all down. No matter what his smile is on the field, he would get down in the dugout and like at home. And like, plus we have he's competing for the spot too. So I think it was great that we just kept on playing and playing and playing him. We gave him a day off every day or so. But I think it was it was definitely key to keep playing him. But at, at one point or not, you gotta give him a little bit of a break. But um, I'd say his defensive struggles will definitely come. Um, it was it was a hard play to make, and center field is. Isn't his primary position, so it was it was a tough play to get used to. But I'd say definitely something you can improve on. But I'd say keep playing and keep playing him, as you said earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but that's an old um, conversation. But you know, yeah, you know, we've had some bright spots, even when the Mets were uh, shut out. Oh no, the Syndergaard had the home run, but. Really, in my eyes, the Mets were shut out. Since they go to home run, they don't yeah. count, so he's not going to give you a home run every game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Cano had a hit. Um, McNeil had a hit. So, and, and Ramos actually had a double. So, um, you know, really, you know, it's just baby steps, really. So, you know, honestly, like all the guys, the guy who's currently in a slump. So, you know, at least. At least you can tell he's starting to break back out. Honestly, I feel like the, the Mets just had two off nights. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like, you know, like the Mets, the Mets of offense has averaged over five runs this year. You know, like they just had two off nights when I saw. Mm. You know, but someone's really in a big slump right now besides besides really wrong with they trying to break out already. So, you know, no one's you know, I feel like I feel like the offense just had two bad nights. It doesn't seem like the Dodgers or the Brewers, you know, they're going to get shut out this year. You know, mm, yeah. if they like it or not. You know, they're they they're they're just gonna have a game where Yellis goes over four, Bellinger goes over five and Max Muncy doesn't get a hit, and you know, plus injuries on top of that. You know, they're you know they're gonna make you. Absolutely, you know, yeah. So I feel like also you know, Frazier's back. He's still getting used to it. He's still getting used to the MLB pitchers. So you know, but Frazier really has just jumped into his old you know two thirty power hitting self, which is. But again, he's more patient at the plate, which really has been a universal theme, and I think the hitting coach has been helping them out as. You can see the Mets more are making striking out less, making more contact with the ball, and are walking more. And I think you know, you know, coaches are a lot more important, you know, than uh, people realize. So mm-hmm. I think I think the Mets just had a couple bad. Do uh, you think is this something to worry about, or do you think, like I said, that they're just having a couple off days? Um, definitely a little bit of an off day. We haven't had an off day in quite a bit. 
So yeah, I think it was it was it's been a little tough lately for the whole squad. Um, every day's getting every day everyone's getting a little bit old, but like we have a few young guys that are just like getting um used to all this um all playing time and like all in one season. So yeah, so I'd say it's definitely a little bit of an off day, but like it's just been this this thing I just pulled up said we we've left ten people on base in the last two days and we didn't score them. So that's that's just a little crazy. We, one way or another, we need to get those players in. If if we need to pull a McNeil bunt base hit with two outs, that's what we gotta do. If we if we gotta hit it to the, if we gotta kill the shift, that's what we gotta do. We just gotta get these players in. We haven't been able to produce at the plate the other two. Um, one day, I think yeah, one day it was it was acceptable. We faced their ace. Their ace is pretty good. He pitched six point two against us. And just had a pretty good outing, but we're facing scrubs. We're facing guys who who have like a plus five ERA, and we're not we're not getting to hit the ball. This is just getting absurd lately. We're no matter what pitcher we face, they're just we're not we're not gonna be able to hit them if we keep this up. And plus, we're not helping our pitchers out. We sh- we should have absolutely won yesterday's game. Jacob Degrom pitched a heck of an outing, and it's just crazy how. We- Keep on blowing these games. All, all these, like, this is just getting absurd. Hopefully, we get all this stuff. As you said, we've had 19 strikeouts in the last two days, and we, they didn't even pitch their ace in the last two days. They pitched, they pitched Mally today, and they pitched DiScalfini yesterday. So these guys aren't known to be good. One guy is a 3.5 a year, and I guess that's okay. And the other guy is a. It's above a four-year rate, which is just absurd. We we gotta be making contact with these pitchers. We can't just be getting shut out by these teams. As you said, we didn't deserve this run today. If Syndergaard wasn't such a great athlete, we we could have lost today today's game easily because we probably would put in Diaz today after Syndergaard was injured or Syndergaard was um burnt out. So yeah, we we definitely gotta put up more runs and we gotta put the ball on, bat on ball and yeah, we just gotta get on base as. In the last few days, we've only had four four walks. We got we got to work the counts more, and we just got to get on base and make stuff happen from there. Yeah, um, you know, I, like I said, it's a shame to see such a talented group of people. You know, and really, I feel like it's not really a single person. It's a single person on the phone, just a team phone. Bad game. So I'm not. You know, I'm not so worried because, you know, the Mets have an easy schedule coming up. You know, very, like, you know, I think the Mets, you know, the team to get set out by you know, I know they have that, they're, they're good starting pitcher, but that's that's really it. Um, you know, so I expected this series to at least have three wins from the Mets. You know, it came out mm-hmm. with tying it, which really technically is a negative, but it's such a close NL East. You, you got to win the games that aren't in their division, you know, because those those are. If you lose those games, you know, it only hurts you. Like winning, you know, if you win a game in, you know, in the division, you know, it'll 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 help you out and, and it'll hurt the other guy. But this, you know, the other team lose nothing. Only you do. So, you know, you need to win these games as much as you need to win the games. So, you know. I expected a lot more from the Mets offensively, but I think their easy schedule coming up it shouldn't be very hard for them to uh, yeah. for them to score a lot of runs. Yeah, definitely. We we just have to face. Um, we just have to get through one more series with the Brewers coming up tomorrow and ending Sunday. But we got Matt Wheeler and Vargas. Hopefully, they can have replicate outings as they had <laughs> as, as their last. But they they don't have many good pitchers going. They got Woodruff, who's having a decent season. Gonzalez, who's only one game into the season, and Davies, who... So we've actually pretty well with their pitchers, to be honest, actually. So ho- hopefully we can get them back and win this series, win two out of three of this game, and tie, tie the season uh, series up at, um yeah, tied up. So yeah, then we before, have the... Before we, go into a, before we go into a break, one thing I do need to say about the Brewers is we need to score before they put their bullpen in and pass on Diego Gonzalez. That's his uh, only time game back. So we're going to head yeah. to a... We're going to do a commercial break here, and someone will bring us back in just like normal. Yep. This week on the Ivy, we talk about the past week of Cubs games, 
as well as what has happened and how good the starting pitchers have been. We also will talk about our player of the month in the past month and who has done the best, such as Jason Hayward, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, and Chris Brandt. Also, make sure to call into the show to talk your thoughts and talk to us, Thomas Nye, the host. Thanks, guys. As we're back, everyone, and we're going to get into a topic we talked about a little before, and that would be our catching situation, our catching struggles, our catching dilemma. So we ha- we have Wilson Ramos, who's in a little bit of a slump lately. We have Tomas New, who works incredibly well with the pitching, but just hasn't developed into a major league hitter yet. And we have guys in Myers like Devin Mezzarocco, who hasn't played baseball in a month due to his um commitment to um what's called retiring. And Renee Rivera, who we recently signed this offseason, who works definitely well within the yard, and he showed that he did in the 2016 season where he posted his best season of his life, in my opinion. So, yeah, um, who who would you prefer in this situation? I know you said uh, Wilson Ramos, but would you ever consider if Wilson Ramos was in a slump and it's been getting past balls lately, he had a few of the um, – or turns into a tr- trash I know of the catching defensively, would you consider bringing up guys like Rene Rivera or Devin Mezzarocco once he gets a few reps in AAA once he comes back? Or what what would you do in that situation if um, Wilson Ramos goes into a defensive and offensive slump? You know, um, Devin Mezzarocco, I feel like he is Rene Rivera, but better. And he's pretty much – Rene Rivera and Tinder is like DeGrom Mezzarocco. Uh, they were extremely well together. You know, once they traded for him, his ERA only went down. Um, and also, he's better offensively. He's more consistent. And and think about the reason um, Mazzarocco, he was he pretty much thought I'm going to be the backup catcher for the Mets at least going into this year. And then when the Mets told him, oh, we have Darno, we have Pilecki, but if we're gonna trade him, and we have Tomasito, and we don't really need you, Mazzarocco was like, All right, I'm out. I can, I can go somewhere else and be almost pretty much a starting cap, almost a starting yeah. catcher for the Mets. And that's not the team. So there was no reason for him to stay. But now with him getting a backup catcher plus Ramos struggling, the Mets need to sign him. I don't think they will. I I I pretty much I'm sure they won't because you know the Mets already tried. But I feel like Devin Mazzarro also is. I feel like he'd be happy on the Mets. You know he he you know he'd buy some interviews. He he really didn't enjoy his time. He knows the he already knows the catchers and pitchers. He's already going to be one of his pitchers, which, which was a big struggle for, you know, Ramos. So, I feel like Mazzarocco might be the answer. And also, you know, we have Darnell, who was just designated for his assignment. So, his um his future with the Mets is most likely being traded. Um, you know, he had, you know, a lot of his time, you know, when he was with uh, – he was on the – Especially the you know, 15 team, he really did look like a you know he looked like a bright you know young guy on the Mets. You know, mm-hmm. we've always had good catchers, so you know I I assume that oh you know he's gonna be, you know he's gonna be a you know he's gonna be our catcher he's you know for 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 a long time, and most 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 Mets fans um thought that you know in the 2016 he had a you know you know he had, he had an alright year but you know there really was hope that. He'd come back, and you know he, he never he never he never came back to the 2015 form. And he had a you know he had a very good year in 2015. Arguably one of the best catchers, 15 plus home runs, batting I believe like 260. Um, you know hitting about 70 RBI. You know he, he had a good year. He really had one of the best years, especially for a catcher. Uh, the Mets were three catchers between Mike Piazza, you know, Todd Pratt was a solid backup catcher. You know especially Gary Carter. So you know I'm not. My point is that he never developed. My like he he was a young guy in 2015 that had a lot of upside, but he stayed that he stayed that 2015 guy with a lot of upside, and people realized you know they learned how to pitch you know they learned how to pitch from obviously, like you know after Judge's first year you know he, he had that you know monster rookie year, but then people realized oh how about we just pitch up and into this guy this guy's six foot tall he's not gonna be able to hit it and then Judge you know Judge adapted to that. But the mm-hmm. thing about, you know, Travis Darno is he never learned, you know, whatever whatever the kryptonite was, he never learned how to adapt to it. You know, mm-hmm. Travis Darno could hit home runs down the middle in the LCS. 
But once they decided to go down the middle to him, he was like, what am I going to do? You know, so <laughs> I feel like he just needs to I, – I, I wish him the best of luck because his future is most likely not with the match. So I, I, I wish him the best of luck because he really um, – you know, I really did enjoy his time, you know, with the Mets. You know, again, he was, he was a young 2015 Mets. And, um, you know, at least that's what I think. What, what, what do you think his future with the Mets is going to be? Trust or no future? Um, what, um, what, what do you think um, – Travis Darno's future with the Mets. Do you think we're trading him? Do you think we're releasing him? Do you think the Mets are going to give him another shot? Mm, I, I'm going to have to go with no on that. I think we're going to trade him like do a Matt Harvey type trade where both teams that are designating him. So, um, yeah, I'd, say, I'd definitely say we would look into a a kind of like underrated reliever who could definitely put up like an ending or like an ending for us, a solid ending who can get through an ending who um, – which we've been struggling with lately, as Jerry Familiak, um has been struggling lately, and our whole bullpen has been struggling getting through that one end. So if we can find a solid guy to trade Travis Darno, who isn't that bad of a catcher. He's a major league talent, ca- talented catcher, but he's just not a fit for the Mets right now. And I'd say um, he could be definitely a fit for the other team, but I do not see him staying with the Mets. If not, he's going to be in AAA. I-, I just don't see him anywhere in the Mets organization, as we have Rene Rivera, Tomas Nito, and potentially Devin Mesoraco if we get him back, which doesn't seem good at this point in time. But I would definitely say I would rather go with Rene Rivera, as Travis Darno has definitely shown he cannot catch our our amazing pitching staff when, once they come back from um, what they've been having lately. So, he, yeah, he can definitely not catch Syndergaard, who is packaged, which, was his, which is a little odd, but he can definitely not catch the drum slider and all that nasty stuff he has, his pitch mitch, his pitch his pitch mixing in. So, yeah, I'll definitely say we would have to give the spot to Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos has a little better defense and definitely a better offensive bat-wise. And Rene Rivera is definitely is be- is better in my opinion. He works way better with the pitchers. Hi, hello, Tim. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, just, I just had disconnected there. Um, no worries. Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah. You know, I was I was saying you know you know you know people always talk about you know these unfair not unfair trades excuse me um these you know like the Christian Yelich trade or you know Justin Turner you know you know he was a he was a journeyman and he got picked up by the Dodgers and was very successful there obviously but you know if you look at those trades um they just they weren't just the right fit for the you know maybe they just weren't the right fit for the team and you know like you know or like the James Harden trade in the NBA. You know, me, you know those guys that weren't in the proper situation. You know, he's in baseball, but you know, he was a James Harden was a six man, and you know Yelich really wasn't the primary focus of the offense because you know they had Stan. So they developed, and you know, you know, says, "Oh, imagine how good those teams would have been if they would have kept those guys." But would they really have been good? You know, because you know they wouldn't, they wouldn't have developed. So you know, I feel like. Travis Darno, he may be going to another team if he gets if he goes there, but he's not he's not the right fit for the Mets. We have enough catchers between Tomas Nitto. We should have Kevin Plucky. I always liked Kevin Plucky. I always thought he was just a, you know, he he was he was a good backup catcher. He was consistent, at least for as as consistent as a backup catcher can get. Um, you know, so you know what what are you gonna do? The Mets the Mets made some mistakes about trusting Darno. You know, he had the most upside. I feel like. You know he like you know he had the most upside. Even even when they traded Pilecki, I was sad because I liked him as a fan. But you know I knew deep down that you know Darno had the most upside. So yes, you know looking back on it, it wasn't like you know dumping that they traded Pilecki. And obviously it, it looks like it's numb now because Darno's having so much struggle. And I I don't even know how Pilecki's doing in uh in Cleveland, obviously because he's a backup to I, I believe Jan Gomez. So, you know, I feel like um, I'm going on here, but I feel like just Darno just isn't the right fit, and maybe he could excel him somewhere else. So I, I really I wish him the best of luck. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, definitely. Um.
Tim, can you hear me? Hello? All right, so Hello, we're back. I'm back. Yes, yeah. we're good. Yeah, you had that so, problem too, Tim. Like, cause I, 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 uh, I, I couldn't hear anybody there. That wasn't just me. Yeah, so let's um, let's jump into this um last topic we have. A little bit of an interesting topic. It's uh, Jesse from the Reds, Jesse Winker. Um, so um, basically, if you guys aren't aware, Jesse Winker um has been taunting the Mets lately. He had a home run where he started wait. Um, he had a home run, which is a pretty good home run. Hit off as What was that? So yeah, as what happened there, Tim? Oh no, I was just saying. Um, so basically, we're in the Jesse Winker topic, and Jesse Winker had a home run. Um, as they won the game, he waved to the fans, and then the yeah. yesterday night, Jesse Winker made a sliding catch to end the game, and he started waving to the fans. And today. As he struck out, or no, he did not strike out. He was argue, arguing a questionable call that was definitely an outside pitch, but I think Cindy got, got the pitch, and the umpire got the pitch right. Um, he definitely argued and ended up getting ejected, and then he was waved to. So I think, I, in my opinion, Jesse Winker, if he keeps this up, he's definitely going to be the next Chase Utley of the Mets franchise of the fan base. We're definitely going to hate this guy for years. He's definitely trying to get in our heads, but I just, I just don't like this guy very much. And yeah, so I think it's, what 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 do you what do you think of this situation? It's out definitely a different I, situation. Honestly, <laughs> from a Mets fan who hates Chase Utley, you know, but as a coming from a Mets fan that hates Chase Utley, I really don't mind the situation. I think Jesse Winokur is just having fun out there. He's waving to Mets fans. You know, a lot of people are probably astonished that I'm saying this, but. You know, honestly, I think he's just having fun. You know, let the kids play. No, excuse me. <laughs> let 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 the kids play. It's so like burp there, but you know, I I'm really not mad at him. Honestly, you know, even when mm-hmm. he got ejected, that was a ball. Yeah. It was like two feet out of the strike zone. Like it wasn't even close. A little league, a little league umpire could have made that call. Like, I think he's just. I think he's just having fun out there. I think. And I on I I think it's really you know the Mets didn't have a bounce back game by any means, but I feel like it really motivated the Mets. Motivated them to have a great game. Motivated the fans to uh, boo him. <laughs> but you know what do you, what do you think? Did you like you know were you like outraged that like all these Mets fans are currently you know saying that he's only he's batting two thirty? No, whatever. So go ahead, go ahead. I I was not offended by it. I think it was just. I, I think it's something to talk about because, um, honestly, Mexicans don't like to be taunted, you know? We, you don't mess with us New Yorkers, man. Um, so I, I definitely think it's a great I think it's a great thing we have. It's our second beef of the year, such controversial situation, first being the Rame Hoskins situation. But I want to say this is that I want to say this is it. I think they're just having fun. I'm going to be doing a post later on uh, Jesse Winker. Um, but, yeah, we definitely got them back as Cincinnati shut them out through nine innings, 10 strikeouts. And he got ejected, so I don't see what the problem is anymore. We waved him to the to the um, clubhouse as he got ejected, so yeah, I found that hilarious. But I believe um, is that all the time we have for tonight's episode? Um, I believe that is almost it. But um, you know, don't forget, guys. You know, use um code BPN10 on Subyard. Helps me out. Helps Tim out. Helps helps Benson out. Really, just just helps the whole baseball podcast network out. All of us. So mm-hmm. you know, you know. If if you guys really could, you know, it, it it means a lot to us. You know, we're all just, you know, we're really all just a bunch of kids out here. So if you can, if you can help us out in any way, it's um, thoroughly appreciated. So yeah. any last words, Tim, before we go? Um, no, I'd say it was a great episode, and I hope to see you guys on the um, next Thursday episode as we will be talking about the new um, Mets news and all that. So um, basically, yeah. So hope hope to see you guys there. We really appreciate you guys waiting and. Al said it really helps us if you use the code. Well, um, I think it's time to go, so um, see you guys later. Yeah, thanks for listening.
Mason Mets is produced by Benson Fector. Amazing Mets is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Tim, at Mets.Station. And Sal, at Sal.Mosca5. That's M-O-S-C-A-5. Follow the Amazing Mets on Instagram as well, at Amazing Mets Podcast. For more Amazing Mets content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Amazing Mets. We'll see you next time.